Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my friends. I'm so excited for another episode of our Changemakers podcast, where we shine the light on women professionals who are making positive change in their lives and in the lives of others. I could not be more excited than to welcome my guest today, Francina Pendergrass of Hannah's House. Hannah's House, we're going to learn, uh, is a 501c3 committed to empowering and equipping survivors of human trafficking, sexual abuse, and domestic violence with employment stability and economic independence. So without further ado, I want to welcome my good friend, Hannah. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Hello, this is Francina, and thank you, Kimberly, for giving value to the work that I do, and that in turn gives value to the women that I serve. So I thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. We are so excited to have you because um, um, Francina and I met at a Women's Women in Excellent Award um, celebration where she was uh, awarded, was it Legacy Award? Legacy Award, and I'm going to let her tell us about that. But first, I'd love for you, um, Francina, to share with us and our listeners a bit about yourself, a few insights into your professional journey, and what makes your heart sing professionally. Okay. Well, thank you again, Kimberly. Um, My name is Francina Pendergrass, and I am the Executive Director really the owner and operator of Hannah's House, a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving women in crisis. Um, those That crisis can be someone who has been victimized or survivor of sexual assault, domestic violence, or human trafficking. Um, I like to say that we love on the women until they can love on themselves. And, and my journey that has led me to Hannah's house started years ago as the girl in the group that always was giving someone advice about something. Usually it was issues with boys because we were young girls and everyone would come to me and I would give them this advice. And, and, and just to look at how over 30 years that, that those simple, easy to go to advice has now turned into uh, a lifetime of encouraging and loving on women who are unable to love it themselves. Um, my career started as a, as a professional nurse. I worked in cardiac care unit at Jefferson Hospital. I uh, worked in the medical surgical unit. I worked in long-term care. Um, I was a corporate nurse manager for years uh, in Philadelphia and New Jersey. And I love, love, love being a nurse. I I love caring for people. I love the satisfaction of being able to change not only the trajectory, but the continence of someone's life going in and seeing them uh, maybe at their lowest, you know, lowest level and being able to help them uh, change and heal and become whole Mm -hmm. is quite gratifying. Um, so I learned those skills and kind of honed in those skills as a nurse and, um, as a young woman, I, you know, I I was involved, I'm very much involved in the church and I was involved in my church and I was determined to make sure that what I was doing was what I was actually purposed to do. Okay. So I wanted to know 
what is my purpose? Why am I here? And I didn't want to spend the wheels and years, years and, 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 and doing things and maybe even being good at it, but not walking in the plan and purpose that I believe God had put me here to do. So in seeking that, Hannah's house was birthed, you know, and I found my purpose in Hannah's house. And um, it is quite satisfying. Uh, gets me up in the morning and moving. Um, and I am blessed to have the opportunity to positively impact the lives of women who are in crisis and um, need some assistance. So I, I mean, it's an honor for me that, you know, I was, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and when you do what you're supposed to be doing, you do it because of satisfaction is not monetary, right? It's something else that you get. You get joy and you get peace and you give out love and you get back love because you know that you are making a positive impact in the lives of women who may not have um, had what you had or had the opportunity to be around positive women wanting to empower them. So I'm really happy today in my life to say that this is what I am supposed to be doing and this is what I'm actually doing. I'm walking in the plan and purpose for my life. Wow, that is so powerful. I'm, I got, I've just got goosebumps over here. Um, <sighs> you know, because how blessed to not only um, know your purpose, but then to walk in your purpose. Um, and, you know, be that of a change maker and a caretaker um, and doing God's work. I mean, it's such a divine calling. Um, and then knowing, I'm sure, and we're going to get into, you know, how you see um, the living proof of your purpose being um, being realized. Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about the name. Where did Hannah's house um, name come from? I'm curious. That is a frequent question that people ask me, Kimberly. Where'd you get the name from? Well, in prayer, I believe, and I know without a shadow of doubt that I was told that I was going to open up this house and the name of the house was going to be Hannah's house. Mm. And um, on reading in the Bible, Hannah was a woman who uh, wanted a child, right? She couldn't give birth. She had a husband who can give her everything, but she couldn't have a child. And she prayed to God. She said, if you give me this, right, I'll give it back to you. I'll give you this child back and you can do whatever you need, whatever that child is purpose to do. I'm going to, I'm going to give it back to you, but just give it to me. And, and that's what God did. God gave her a son. She gave the son back to the Lord and the Lord blessed that son. So when those women come through the doors of Hannah's house, I am so perfectly clear on the fact that. God has sent them there, right? And he's going to allow me and my staff to give them what he needs them to have. And when they leave those doors, even when they're there, they're not me. Anything that happens to them, that we're trusting God to bless them, um, to equip them, to give them what they need. And, um, and, that's, and that's where Hannah's house comes from. I know this, this, this house is not mine. Nothing in Hannah's house is my, it really isn't. It's, it's, it's all God's and, and Lord's. And he, he brings people in that um, for some, for purpose, for connection. And 
I can tell you that every woman, every single woman that has come through the doors of Hannah's house, either myself or the staff has had a personal connection or encounter with them, right? Like something they've gone through. Um, we've already gone through that. They're usually younger women than we are. So they come through those doors and we're like, wow, that happened to me. Let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you what happened to me. Look at me. I'm still surviving. If I got through it, you can get through it. So that's where the name Hannah's come from. Hannah, the name Hannah come from. So wonderful. I love it. I love it. So share with us us a little bit, um, Francina. What does, uh, like, is there a typical profile of clients or participants or, you know, people who, women who receive the care in Hannah's house? Is it outpatient type service or do people live there? Can you tell us a little bit more about the details of, you know, the services? Sure. So Hannah's house is a beautiful three-story home. It's very warm and loving. It's beautiful outside and inside. When you come in, when the ladies come in, they can just feel something different. And what they feel is peace because it's a very peaceful place. And the women that come in, some of them have just been maybe rescued off the streets, right? Uh, Have been living, uh, have been trafficked for some time or are trying to escape and may have gone to the hospital or reported to an outreach worker who then um, can refer that person to Hannah's house. So the women that come in, I can tell you in one word to describe them is broken, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, we're all broken, they're broken. And what I say to staff about the women that come through the door, that they all come through the door with luggage, right? Some have small carry-on bags and some have luggage that they have to check in, but they all have luggage. And in that luggage are all the problems and concerns and hurts and disappointments that they've gone through through their life. So they come in bringing this luggage, right? And I tell us that we have luggage too, but we have to leave outside the door. We can't bring ours in, right? Mm -hmm. So they come in with this luggage and then they begin to unpack their luggage. Now, our responsibility as staff and mine as the executive director is to make sure that as that luggage of maybe childhood molestation, maybe domestic violence, abandonment, hurt, disappointment, as that is being unpacked there, we are here to help and assist them cope with whatever it is they're dealing with on that day. And I gotta tell you, you know, love covers a lot of things. And when we demonstrate to the women that we get it, we may not have gone through that, I may not have someone else, but we we understand. And and it's okay that you're not having a great day today. Um, I say we're very patient because as those luggages, the luggage is unpacked and the the, the, the issues come out, the problems, the concerns, we're there to help them get through that and to deal with that. We are also blessed to collaborate with the organization that provides trauma-informed counseling. We have a third floor suite for women who are not really ready yet to mix with the other nine that are there. Um, It's a separate area for those women for counseling. We are very specific and intentional on what we provide to the ladies. And because we are small, we're very intimate. Mm. So we become family and community. 
right? We come, we eat together. We have Sunday meals. We play games together. We have workshops together. So they get to know each other. And um, it really helps the ladies as they go through the healing process. And, and it, is a, it is a process. It really is a process. So, you know, the women are broken. You know, that's how I can describe them. They're broken. They, they need to be loved on. They need to be understood. They need patience. I have learned patience there at Hannah's house. I have learned from the women, you know, that um, you, know, you have to look beyond the behavior, right? Why is she acting like that today? Well, and I said, it's that. We don't, we, end up, we don't know what she's gone through. So we'll bring her in and we'll talk and we'll figure it out. You know, that's what we help them do. We help them figure it out. Um, and give them the opportunity to pivot away from that and to gear themselves towards something that's going to be positive and productive for them so that they can be, be productive members of the society and community. So that is that is what it looks like when you come through Hannah's house. Oh, that's so wonderful. I, I one of the things that uh, among the many that I'm thinking as you're as you're sharing this is, what, how do you refer to the women who are um, recipients of your services? What do we like? Are we are they residents or clients? Correct. They're interchangeably, you know, okay. um, but they live there. So they, okay. you know, they reside there. Sure. Yeah. So your, your residents, I mean, is the ripple effect. I'm, I'm curious about the ripple effect of, you know, women who may have um, been residents at one time and now have have um, healed themselves or are on the path to healing and they may have moved out or moved on and then there's others who come. Um, is there, you know, I guess I'd be curious about the community um, that Hannah's house represents of past and present residents, you know, and how I'm sure you've embodied and encouraged that. I'm just curious what that looks like. Oh, absolutely. So I didn't work this weekend, but I received two text messages from the staff that two of the ladies that were there called to speak to me and one left a message. You know, I, I got my, my children back from DCPMP. I have an apartment and I'm working and tell Miss P to call me. And they call me Miss P for Pendergrass. Um, have Miss P call me and another one called to say that, you know, she got her first car. So they call frequently mm. and mm. they've even popped up at the door miss Penny, mm. it's me i'm like oh my gosh mm. and that is so it does my soul good because it just lets us know that we are making a difference it is it's heartwarming it really is it really mm. really is so That's they call and then at christmas i tried to invite the ladies back and we have like a christmas party um organizations usually donate baths bags and gift bags and baskets for the ladies so we'll do that we'll have a gift exchange we'll eat and they'll talk and they'll laugh and joke um the house has been renovated so the ladies that were there prior to the renovations will come in and say like they got all of this we didn't have all of that you know <laughs> so it's so great to watch them grow and become part of community and be successful and you know and, and begin to raise their children and become united with their families. So it is really good. But yeah, it's a, definitely a ripple effect. That's, and, that's and I got to tell you, Kimberly, even before they leave, the women who have been there, a new person will come in, they begin to talk to them about, you know, this is what is expected of you while you're here. 
right? Because, you know, the Bible says as much is given, much more is required. So this is, in order to be here, these are some things that we do that's a little bit different. And they'll talk to them about that. And they'll say to them, you don't have any food? Here, I have this. You want to eat this? I'm going to cook this meal. Would you like something? I mean, it is a real welcoming environment. And that's because it starts from the top, from the staff, from myself, pouring into the ladies that are there. And then New women come in and the ladies that are there will pour into them. It is definitely part of that rippling effect. Mm, that's so, it's just such a divine mission and uh, transformational uh, power that, that is evident that is there that it obviously starts with you and then to your team and then down to your clients and residents. And so I'm curious, um, <clears throat> I'm sure that there are tentacles that reach out to the community because none of us are an island. Can you share a little bit about, you know, um, metaphorically where Henna's house is located and how it um, impacts the community and how the impact in that community um, helps and supports Hannah's house? So I can tell you this, that the community that sends referrals, and we are in Gloucester County, and we serve women in Gloucester County and Camden County. Um, and when a referral's coming in, this is what it sounds like. It'll, it'll, Miss P, this is so and so, and I have a young lady here that I think will be fantastic. I think she needs to be around you and the ladies there. And it's usually one of the younger women who may have had a really rough you know, life and, and she's presented herself either in hospital or social services or one of the organizations that I collaborate with. And they'll say, this is, this is a client for you, you know, or, and, and they know. So they know because they know that um, we do good work. We are, we are concerned. We, we love the ladies. We are, you know, never tired. We are, you know, everyone's there to help. And that goes along with, I have women there that are from the community. Um, we have enough women of color to serve women of color. So we are culturally specific when we need to be. Um, and it, just helps with the healing process, right? It helps to be able to say, I listen, I'm from Camden and, and this is, you know, this is what we have and we don't do this and we don't represent this. And no, this is how this is done in a family environment. So it really helps to be able to speak to the women right where they are. And when mm -hmm. they come in the doors and they see us, they, they, they feel that comfort and they feel that love, like, okay, you know, some of them have referred to me as their big mama grandma. So I mean, <laughs> I take it in a lovingly way. <laughs> That's fantastic. <clears throat> well, one of uh, one of our ongoing themes um, of our podcast, of course, is our name, Change Makers. And if there's anyone that is a change maker, I would definitely say that you are, um, Francina. So share with us a little bit about. You know, in in the um, warm and comfort of Hannah's house and what how it started, why it started, your journey. You know, how do you view um, Hannah's house and your own journey through the lens of a change maker? Sure. So we originally started Hannah's house inside the Cumberland County Department of Corrections, and we provided a comprehensive literacy service for the women who are incarcerated. 
So we not only brought literacy for the first time into that jail, um, we also brought literacy to the children of the inmates that were incarcerated. So, you know, we would bring counseling services, uh, ESL program, um, reading, uh, you name it, you know, even we even had a monthly yoga class for the women inside the jail. And I would bring them in T-shirts and, you know, they would come out of their jumpers and put on some sweatpants and T-shirts. And once a month, the children who participated would come into the jail and they would have four hours of community with their moms. Now, prior to them coming in there, a, a professional a teacher would have gone into the homes and helped the caretaker to ensure that the children were reading and writing at grade level. Um, the parents could read a book or tape to their children, and we would give the, the tape to the, to the caregiver who would allow the child to have a book read and light by their parents. So this is how it started. And we would follow the young ladies until it was time for them to be released. And the problem was they didn't have any place to go. There, you know, there was no, there's no place to go. It was no, no housing available for them. And that said to me, okay, it's another step. Like these ladies need to be able to come out, reunite with their families, find housing, find employment. So then, you know, I said, okay, because we weren't operating at Hannah's house, then just not as a residential facility. So we opened up the doors to Hannah's house and allowed the opportunity for those women in crisis to come there and receive the services that they need that could help them transition back into the community and continue to be in the lives of their children. Mm-hmm. So that's how it, it all started. And I, I, I dare to imagine a world where um, women are free to live without domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking and experience their best life. So when a woman comes in the Hannah's house, we're talking about that. Like, let's map out what your best life is going to be. You know, vision boards. We um, had a big workshop on Sunday, yesterday, as a matter of fact, on vision boards. And they wrote their visions out. We talked about them. Their big boards are in their bedrooms now. So in the morning, when they get up, they see their vision. Um, when they, it's time to go to bed at night, they see their vision. And we, we help them, you know, figure out how to reach that goal, those visions on your vision board. So that's, you know, that that's what I believe a change, change maker does. They see a need. They are brave enough, right? Brave enough because sometimes you have to quit your job. You have to go against the odds. You have to, you know, not listen to all those no's. No, you can't do this. No, you can't. And you have to be brave enough to say, well, this is, I think I can, and I'm going to do that. So you have to do that. And you have to sacrifice. Sometimes it's self-sacrificing to help someone else. So you have to be very selfless, and um, yeah, to to be a change maker and and help someone else. Um, those are some of the qualities that you have to have. And I have to say, I have great family support. My family supports me because sometimes I work crazy hours, or you know. So yeah, I have all those things that help me to do the work that I am currently doing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get a whole lot better than that, does it? I tell you, it doesn't. (laughs) How many people do we know in our lives that their family may not support them or they're, you know, professionally, they're in a role that does not bring fulfillment or satisfaction. Um, Yes, yes, absolutely. And 
you know, one of, I think, the greatest gifts is to find our purpose and then have the privilege to live and walk that. Um, and then that can become our avocation um, as well as our mission. So it's just, it's such a blessing. It, it truly is, Kimberly. And, and I have not only a family, but I have a village. I um, belong to a church in Philadelphia, Enon Tabernacle Baptist Church. And prior to coming to Hannah's house, the mission, one of the missions of the uh, first lady there, uh, her name is Dr. Ellen Jo Waller, has always had a passion for women in crisis as well. And she started a huge ministry at the church that serves women whose lives have been impacted by human trafficking. Um, and recently I was, Hennis House was adopted as one of the ministries in our church, which has allowed us to open the door to more volunteers. They have provided monetary support and just the support of knowing that, you know, my family is now like my village and they support the women who are at Hannah's house as well. So it really helps tremendously to know that even when I'm tired, you know, I have people that are coming and help me, that are pushing me, that are encouraging me to continue what I'm doing. So yeah, it's great. It really is great. Well, that support is just invaluable. Yes. So let's talk a few minutes about um, the path that you've had and it, you know, and how you have um, connected all the dots from your early years as a nurse, who I think are some of God's best people, um, mm -hmm. the, embodying the uh, selfless caring and nurturing of others when they are can be at their most vulnerable and needy. Um, my mom was a nurse for fifty-five years, so I I grew up alongside that and have great admiration. Um, for that professional path. But if you could give your younger self one piece of uh, advice, I'm just curious what that would be. So I would tell younger Francina to not be afraid, mm. right? To, to I, would, I would tell her to, you know, we have an acronym for FEAR, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And I would tell her to not respond to the fear in her life, but pursue and press on because when you're walking in the plan and the purpose for your life, doors that are supposed to open will open and the doors are supposed to close, then they'll close, you know, and I, I truly believe that. And I, I also believe, Kimberly, that the pain and the suffering and heartaches and disappointments that I have also endured, I'm now allowed to, um, with Hannah's House or through Hannah's House, um, minister and love on the women that only someone who has already gone through that can give them, right? Um, I um, buried my son at a very young age and it was very, very hard for my husband and I to go through that. But I cannot tell you the number of women who have come through Hannah's house that are still dealing with the loss of a mom or a dad or a child or, you know, grief, period. 
And, you know, they come in the office and they feel connected to me because I can tell them just how we got through and how I continue to get through because it's still a process. So everything that young Francina has gone through in life uh, is being used now because it wasn't just for her. It was for the women who was going to come in her path and was going to need the healing that she received. Mm. You know, I, I love that story. I'm first of all, I'm so sorry for the loss of your son. I, I cannot imagine um, the grief and the sense of loss that that must bring for to you and your family. But at the same time, you know, I I'm of the mind is everything can be turned into a gift and opportunity. And is from the stories that you've shared with us today, it sounds like um, that you have channeled that grief. Um, and that loss to be a blessing uh, of, of words of wisdom and comfort um, to those around you who maybe have experienced that similarly. Absolutely. Absolutely. There usually is no wastage if we, if we just are, uh, pay attention and, and look at what's going on in our lives at what I have seen over time. Nothing but, is wasted. Yeah, <laughs> Nothing yeah. is wasted, right? Really, I mean, when you when you adopt that perspective that nothing in our lives, good, bad, indifferent, however we may perceive it, but there's no nothing wasted, um, that it sometimes can help um, act as shock absorbers for the things that we're may question. Why did this happen to me or why am I going through this? That it's all there for a reason, right? It's all there for a reason. Yes. So. Well, Francina, this has just been an absolutely uplifting and inspiring um, conversation with you today. I'm so grateful that uh, we have connected and I'm so in awe of what you're doing and sharing your professional path and the lives that you have a hand in in transforming and lifting up, lifting up and and inspiring is so important uh, in our society today. There's so many who suffer that you know, they have that respite um, in Hannah's house. And and so I just want to give you a tremendous applause and kudos for the path that you're following. And, and I understand the blessings that you are passing along to others. But I wanted to give you an opportunity for, for our listeners to connect with you. So if you would share, what is the best way that our listeners can connect and, you know, reach out to you? So... We have a website. The website is um, www.hannas, that's H-A-N-N-A-H-S, house, H-O-U-S-E-N-J.org. And you can find out about myself and uh, my fabulous board of directors who help me to do a lot of the things that we're doing. Um, I am on Facebook, Francina Pendergrass. Um, Hannah's House and Jay is also, we also have a Facebook page and I'm working on Instagram and I am on LinkedIn though, and it's Francina Pendergrass. So those are the venues and I have a phone number. It's 856. Our phone number is 856-442-0190. Wonderful. I'm wonderful. I, um, you never know uh, what's going on in people's lives. And so I wanted to give every opportunity for our listeners to connect with you. Um, and, and lastly, I would ask, is there anything else that you would like to share with us and our listeners? 
Um, just that uh, it's real important that I think it's very important that we as women, as people, reach back and help someone else. You know, and and volunteering, um, uh, maybe monetary contributions. I mean, whatever we can do, I believe that we all are here to do that, right? And you may not know exactly what your plan and purpose is or who you should be helping, but if you run across or you see someone in need, if you can meet that need, then there it is. And then, then that's how you can start being a change maker and walking in the plan and purpose that got his purpose for you. Mm, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Francina, for joining us today. And this concludes another episode of our Change Makers podcast, where we love to spotlight women professionals who are making positive change in their lives and in the lives of others. And until next time, and what I always say, and I know, Francina, you love this, is please be the change you want to see in this world today. Yes. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for the opportunity again. Oh, absolutely.